When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1903. What Lies Underneath Worry? By Margot Aaron of ThatSeemsImportant.com. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for coming today and listening to me narrate from another great post about relationship building. My name is Greg Audino. I'm your host, here with you every single day to share different pieces of content that can help you improve the many relationships in your life. And with that, let's jump right into today's article from Margot Aaron as we optimize your life. What Lies Underneath Worry by Margot Aaron of ThatSeemsImportant.com It hasn't happened recently, but occasionally, I will publish a piece that evokes an are you okay, should I be worried response. First of all, yes, you should be worried about me, as I am worried about you and the state of the world all day, every day. It's part of having been born Jewish. My birthright is constant worry and unending guilt. I'm just not sure what utility worry and guilt have or how they help. Worry is a secondary emotion, and it's exceptional at its job. Avoidance. It helps us avoid whatever we really have to feel, whatever feeling is underneath the worry, our grief, our sorrow, our powerlessness, our helplessness, our pain, our shame. And it transfers those feelings onto the person that we're worried about. If I worry about you, then I feel I'm doing something when I'm not. I can make you the one with a problem and avoid facing my fear, helplessness, pain, and sadness. About a year ago, I sat outside on a bench with an old friend who's in his 60s. He looked up at me in a moment of candidness, and he said that he was worried about me, because of something I wrote. And I know what I had written. I knew the intent with which I had written it. What I did not know was what he heard, and I could sense projection coming on. He was made uncomfortable by my assertions in this piece about redefining work and assessing what matters to us in order to avoid a life full of bitterness, resentment, reactivity, dysregulation, rage, and loneliness, which I do believe a majority of people consciously or unconsciously default into. He believed that I was talking about myself, and deep down, he knew that I was talking about him. I don't struggle telling people the truth about how I feel, but he did. I confront hard things. He did not. I am well aware of my resentments, my rage, my bitterness, and my anger, and I process them accordingly, and certainly before I share them with the public. It is the denial that you have those feelings that makes them grow, 
The feelings themselves are not dangerous or bad. They're useful. Feelings are data from your insides telling you what's up. You don't have to do anything with them besides acknowledge and feel them. But this man couldn't, which is why he had to be worried about me. When he needed to look at himself. It was him and others like him that I was trying to reach with my plea. I wrote that piece terrified of the invisible epidemic of self-denial and self-abandonment that controls and distorts our access to ourselves. The lies that we'll cling to in order to make the present circumstances make sense. To avoid saying, I'm sorry I did that, or I don't like this, I thought I did but I don't. To tell the truth about who we are and what we want and how we behaved. I'm terrified by the lengths that we will go to to avoid taking responsibility for our actions and the amount of time wasted finding scapegoats and people to blame. Having grown up inheriting the legacy of perpetual worry rooted in fear of death and annihilation, motivated by a desire to be safe, assimilate, and fit in, I understand when people get confused by my choice to touch on the third rail and address topics that they prefer to be kept private, unacknowledged, or unspoken. I work hard to opt out of the systems many people I love have worked tirelessly to opt into, to be accepted by and uphold. When I point out the flaws in those systems and the harm they cause, it is much easier to look at me and say, I'm worried about you, than to look inside and in the mirror and ask, what have I done? Why does this trigger me? What am I worried will actually happen? Should I worry about you is a sort of denialism. It's a deflection. It says, tell me you're okay so I can be okay. It's different from the worry expressed between intimate partners that comes from care and kindness. Still useless and ineffective, but its origin is sincere. Sitting with my friend on the porch, I challenged him to sit with what worried him and flip it around. I now know that I had touched on a lie that he was trying desperately to cling on to, that there is a certain order to the world, and his choices in life were the right ones according to that order. To see that he had options, that he could have made different choices, that he resents some of the things that he's had to do, was too painful. It was easier to worry about me, my idealism, and my choices than tell himself the truth and face his feelings. So, should you worry about me? <laughs> Go for it. So long as you look in the mirror at you. You just listened to the post titled, What Lies Underneath Worry? by Margot Aaron of ThatSeemsImportant.com. And thank you to Margot for this post. Super well thought out and mold breaking as her writing always is, which is why we love sharing it so much. Ultimately, however, I did find myself disagreeing with some of her thoughts about worry. Um, well, rather, I didn't disagree with their validity, but I felt that they were a little too generalized for me. Let me explain. So, of course, worry can be a projection, as she said, and we can use it in place of dealing with our own struggles about the subject of worry at hand, but just not always. So, for me, instead of taking this article entirely to heart, I think it's also important to make space for the people who are in touch with their feelings, have dealt or are actively trying to deal with them, yet still worry for others who might be experiencing something similar, just because they know how hard it can be, or they wonder if those people might not have the tools necessary, or might give in to certain temptations, etc. 
I just feel that the feelings and intentions that embed worry can be wide-ranging. And though the ones Margot addressed today are very accurate, very real, and often overlooked, to me they still aren't the only origin stories of worry. That's just me, though. You might feel different, and of course, as we wrap up another episode, it is important for you to let this marinate and form your own opinions of what you've heard today. So I wish you luck with that, everyone, and I thank you for tuning in on a Saturday. Enjoy your day, be safe, and come on back tomorrow for not one but two posts like we do each Sunday. That's where your optimal life awaits.